The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by commercial real estate broker, Heriberto Ruiz. Heriberto, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. So right off the bat, how'd you get into commercial real estate? Well, I started, I started getting interest in commercial real estate um, when I was a lender. I was a lender at Northern Trust Bank for, I was at, there for 19 years. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of it as a private banker. As a private banker, you have to do, you're kind of the, you have to do everything, investments, uh, lending, and, and, uh, and understanding, you know, what your clients need. So, but I started noticing that my clients who own commercial real estate, were doing fairly well, and they were able to then um, help their heirs grow. You know, they were able to grow wealth, and then their heirs were doing pretty well too. Their 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 children, and I started noticing, you know, this is probably a good you know a good way to create wealth. Back then, you know, I I, I was I had my broker's license. I was doing residential stuff for. Uh, on the side for friends and oh. for myself. Uh, so I held my license since 1990, but only doing small stuff. When I decided to open up my business uh, about seven years ago, I decided to go and, and start it up as a commercial real estate business. Not now, when you did this, you decided you quit the, the uh, Northern Trust? I quit, yeah. I left Northern Trust, uh, went to another bank briefly, and that's when I decided, you know what, I need to go on my own. At this point, I need to go on my own, need yeah. to start my own business. Um, and it was, you know, it was just the right time for me. Uh, I, I had bought a few buildings, which helped me to then live off the buildings while I was trying to start the business. Um, I knew that commercial real estate was what I wanted to do, uh, residential uh, real estate. There's, I think, a lot more brokers that do that. Uh, they do it better than I do, for sure. Uh, but on the commercial side, I understood the lending side, mm. which was important, which w dif differentiated me from any other broker. Because I knew what the, if it was good enough for a bank to lend on it, then it's, it was probably a good deal for my clients. For sure. And then I was able to you know, help them analyze an investment property they're looking to, for, to, uh, for an investment property. So... My abilities, based on my lending experience, was uh, something that would help my clients, uh, and and that's kind of and I also understood the process, the process of you know buying a commercial property, uh, whether it was environmentals, um, your debt service, you know, to understand what a bank would, would be interested in in a property, uh, and the house, you know, the the full process that you had to go through to buy a commercial property it wasn't, it's different than residential because you have a lot more due diligence that needs to be done. Um, an analysis on income, if it's an investment property, if you're buying a property for your business, you know, what what's important to, to for you and for your business and uh, for the property to have, whether it's higher ceilings, whether it's a drive-in doors, whether it's uh, uh, overhead doors. Uh, or parking, even parking. Mm, for sure, so, yeah. right? All, all those things play yeah, a huge those things play, play. So, but I really enjoyed the commercial side of it. The other difference between a residential and commercial, it, it's not an emotional purchase 
or sale. For sure. Right? That, that's so true. That is, <clears throat> so I enjoy more the non-emotional, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I want them to, someone's, you know, when you're making a business decision, it's a business decision, yeah, right? Yeah. You need that property for your business <clears throat> or you need to be there for your business. It's not an emotional, somebody's trying to get over on me by by hiding something on the, in, right, in right, the property. Right, right. So, um, and again, you know, I, I it was, and I, I noticed how um, commercial real estate really uh, grew a lot of uh, wealth for a lot of families in Chicago and in, in the suburbs. Well, absolutely. I mean, real estate, <clears throat> we all know it's, and, and finally now, it's, I think it's getting that, that you know, headwind that, it, it, people see that it really is the only kind of true investment, right? I mean, you see crypto and everybody's out there, but it's all suspect, right? You don't know what that's going to turn out to. But one thing is that real estate has always proven to be true, right? That it, it increases in value. There's It holds its value at the very least. Yeah, that's true. And um, it scared a lot of people, right? In 08, 07, 08, <laughs> right? When the market crashed, the housing market. Uh, but I think we learned from that. And I mean, you had you were right there. I mean, Northern Trust lending, like yeah. you probably saw the worst of the worst stuff. I did. I did see the worst of the worst, and I seen how uh, I saw how banks acted or, or didn't act mm-hmm. on uh, helping people, and I saw how um, people got into their own issues, you know, on their own because they weren't um, following what they should have. Right? That they, mm-hmm. they weren't doing what they should have been doing. They were just going with the hype. They felt that they bought something now, they could sell it tomorrow for more. Which at, at that time, for a short time, almost like cryptocurrency, you can do that, right? You can, but that, that wasn't the way to go. And, and and they were overpaying is what you're saying too, right? They were overpaying. They yeah. were overpaying. I mean, there's still properties to this day that haven't recovered wow. in, in certain areas uh, that, that people are still underwater, which is sad because it shouldn't be like that. Uh, but with that, I learned the commercial side really didn't take that much of a hit. Uh, you know, there were retail properties did, right? Uh, strip malls. And, and again, just like there are, they are now, retail properties are still taking hits. But for the most part, apartment buildings were still, you know, doing well because people need to rent. For sure. Um, you have your warehouses are still doing well. It seemed like office buildings did well and they recovered. So depending on where you were at, unlike the, the housing market, which took a single family condo market, which took a while to, to recover. For sure. For sure. And, and, and in terms of that, like that, that never scared you. None of the you know, looking at that, you said, I'm still going to go for it and open up my own. Cause you did right from the very beginning. It wasn't like you started somewhere else. You opened up your own place to begin with. That's correct. Yeah. What were some of those challenges early on? Well, the, the, the challenge is a lot of it is money, right? It, that's sure. that's kind of the, you have to decide how much you're going to spend. In commercial real estate, it's a lot more expensive than a residential real estate. You have your search engines are more expensive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're competing you're, with yeah, com- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're you're looking. There, there's aren't a lot of places where you can search for commercial real estate. The main one is CoStar LoopNet. Those mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. owned by the same person. And those, those are a lot of expenses. You know, it's, it's very expensive to be part of that co-star loop net. But it's, you have to have it. So you're looking at, you know, $450, $500 a month just to have that. Uh, and as a business, uh, you're looking at, um, you know, you need insurance, right, for your business. 
you need um, uh, you need a website. I, I, when I went in, I went in all in. I mean, this is the first time you brand. ever first time opening a business in general, or, or first time opening up a business in general. Wow. But I learned a lot from my clients at Northern Trust Bank. Right, absolutely, watching, absolutely. see what they were doing. Um, but I wanted to go in. I wanted to go in right. I, didn't, I, I wanted to go in with a logo, a brand, uh, um, a website, a web page. Uh, and all that costs money, right? Absolutely. All that costs Absolutely. money, uh, and then your licenses—you know—that all everything is just, it just it's just a lot of cash you have to dish out when in the in the in the initial phases. Then you have to figure out, okay, how do I market myself, right? So now you have to decide, and and luckily because of my experience at Northern Trust and at uh, Wintrust, I was there briefly. I knew, you know, which chambers of commerce made sense, which organizations actually had that marketing power for my type of business. And so I was able to, you know, start to visit them and start to visit the chambers that I wanted to, to, to look at, um, the, the, oppor- the networking opportunities that made sense for me. What was nice is that when I was at the banks, you know, I was sent to every marketing, every networking event, every, you know, so that was part of my job. But I was able to choose, pick and choose which events to go to and which ones made sense. And it actually helped me in, in growing my business when I started getting my name out there. And, you know, obviously folks were, what, you're no longer at the bank? You know, what are you doing now? <laughs> and yeah, I had to, but they were, you know what, they were receptive because I, I would tell them, I'm commercial real estate. I'm not your residential guy. Yeah, yeah. I'll help you with your commercial stuff. And, and that's a tough thing to do, especially, you know, when you're starting out that you, you want to chase a lot of things, right? And, yeah. and it seems like now with you, you really focused on on who your market is. And we were talking earlier, but you're, you're primarily focused in, I don't want to say, you know, alienate anybody, but you really focused on helping uh, the minority community, right? especially Latinos. I have. I have. And, and I think, well... Yeah, that that you know, I, at first when I started the business, I was maybe 50-50, now more 80-20, you know, more Latinos. Um and that's I noticed a lot of uh especially on the leasing side, you know, a lot of help was needed. And I would do a lot of help on the leasing side because I've seen clients who have um signed leases that are bad for them. Absolutely. And and I've seen it on both sides, either by the owner who has a retail area that they want to lease out or even a tenant that's looking and, and they sign a, a bad lease. So I started providing pro bono, you know, lease reviews before before you sign it. Send, you know, let me take a look at it. I'll let you know, let you know what I think about it based on my experience. And it's not a lot of experience, seven, eight years now of experience, a little bit in the banking side. But I started to notice, you know, what's important in the lease and what's you, you have to be careful with and, and, and how to understand it. And uh, every business is different, right? Every, I mean, you have to look at it from that different. perspective. That's correct. Uh, the most, one of the most recent releases I reviewed was a client who was going to open up an auto shop. You know, he's been doing auto repair for a long time. Now somebody says, here's, you can lease this place here for, you know, 2,500 a month. Uh, I said, well, let me take a look at the lease. Well, the lease I noticed had something about uh, that he would be responsible, the tenant, for structural issues in the building. Jeez. Right. <laughs> he missed that. So, and then I go and look deeper and see that there is a structural problem with the building. God. So he would have had to dish out to repair 
this building for this owner because he was about to sign this lease. I told him, get away from this lease. We'll find you something, you know, for the same price or less. And that almost seems criminal. I mean, it is. You know, like, I, I agree. And but it, but it isn't right because you're putting it into a contract that someone else. Right. And so so it's really it, like you said, you have to look at the details. Yeah. Because that's where I say the devil's in the details, right? Yeah. 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 No, I agree. It, and and we don't do that. We we trust. We're you very know, trusting. We're very yeah. trusting. Yeah. Yep. And we trust that. <laughs> They're not trying to screw us, basically. Yep, They're yep. not trying to get over on us. Yep. But it happens uh, more often than not. It does. And I think a lot of it, too, is, is we as a tenant sometimes fall in love with a space, and we want to be there. We need that space. So you talk about that emotional side yeah, of it. Yeah, the emotional <laughs> side of it. And you need to talk them down from that and say, you know, we can find another space. This one has these issues. Unless yep. the owner's willing to change the lease, I think you shouldn't sign it. And all I can say is, in my opinion, don't sign it. But right, if right, you right. do understand, you're going to have, you're going to have to do this, this, and that. And it could ruin your business, though. It, it can, and it has for many clients. And, and and when those things happen, I mean, when you see those types of things, you know, and, and take for example, someone gives you a, a lease and, and says, "Can you can you review this?" At that point, you know, they can walk away from it. But then, typically, let's just say that they appreciate that. What what then happens, or you know, legally, what can happen in terms of you representing them, or or you know. Take me through a scenario like that. What well, scenario on 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 one of the with this person that um, I walked walked them away from this deal, um, you know, he asked me to help him find a, a place, and so I, you know, that's what I did. I went out and found him another location that made a lot more sense. That he wasn't responsible for structure or anything to deal with the building or roof, anything that the owner was responsible, he was responsible for. So. I, I got a client out of it, right? I reviewed the lease for free. I got a client out of it. Again, for the most part, usually it's the owner of the property that pays any commission. So it cost him nothing sure. out of pocket for me to help <clears throat> him find it, find a, a place. And I think a lot of um, tenants or even, yeah, any tenant looking for a space, they should hire a broker. And I don't say that because I'm a broker. I say that because if there's a sign-up on a building for lease, that broker, for the most part, is going to be representing the owner of the building, and he's going to do what he can for that his client. He's not going to help the tenant coming in. He's going to do. He's going to try to benefit the his uh, the owner more than the tenant. Absolutely. So you have to. <clears throat> it's better for you to get a broker. That can help you almost like you need, you know, when you need a lawyer, you need a lawyer. Of course. If you need a broker, you should, you know, it, it, they will help you negotiate, review the lease, and get you the right vendors even. I mean, I'm, um, I think one of the benefits of, of using or help, me helping you is I have a lot of vendors that I can get to you to help you, whether it's for, for construction, whether it's someone to review the re, look at the roof, um, and and I understand again. I understand what the due diligence part of, of uh, a property is, and and who should inspect it for you or look at that and give you an idea of what it's going to cost. And and that that's an important point though, because I, and just firsthand experience, right? That you are looking for something that you don't know someone you know personally in that trust is something that's very difficult to to build. And when you already have that and can say, look, these these are people that I deal with. They're not going to screw you over because they have to deal with me all the time, right? right? And that's so important that 
people I think overlook that so often that when you get into a new business, there's so many things that are unforeseen that you don't know if you're going to need. Right. Yeah. So what, one of the things I wanted to ask about was just those contracts. Cause obviously when, you know, you're looking at something, you're at the point where you're already writing a contract, you're looking at it. Right. But is there something that as you're going out there that can kind of give way to what's going to be in the contract? Or, or is that something that you're just going to have to wait and figure out once you're, you know, committed that someone presents you a contract? Does that make sense? The question makes sense? No, no. So, you know, like for example, um, the, the structural damage parts. So you get there, you know, and you see this is really something I want. <clears throat> Great, let's go, you know, move forward with the negotiations. Yeah. You know, is, at that point, is, are all those things revealed before the contract's even drawn up so you know about that going into it? Or is that something that just surprises people when the contract shows up? Yeah, I mean, you should do an inspection. I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, yeah, some it can be surprising Usually a good broker can see a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. A good broker um, who has experience with buildings, again, I've had my own properties, my own investment properties. So I can see a lot of things probably that m most brokers cannot because I've, I've seen it. Um, one of the, you know, one thing that I, I, I really know and understand is what's asbestos, right? And I, and I can see it and I can tell a client, you know what? I'm not an expert, an environmental guy, but I'm almost sure that's asbestos. Wow. So understand that, that that could be asbestos. So, and you know, we'll do a, an inspection to check it out. So, yeah, you need to, uh, I mean, knowing what's out there, knowing, having experience in it helps. Otherwise, yeah, you should have some kind of inspection. You should have that clause in your contract that says, you know, I need this many days to do a little due diligence on this property before this contract is viable. So at what point should someone, you know, decide that, hey, we're going, we're moving forward, we're looking for a space, you know, is that something that they should ever even think about doing on their own or just contact you right away? No, they should contact the broker right away. Yeah. First of all, we have access to a lot more properties than they would. Uh, they can drive up and down a street and take a look at it. Not all the streets that are, not all the properties that are available are, are have a sign on them. For sure. So through our, you know, my search engines, I can I can look at different, you know, see what's available, where it's at. I can also look at the average prices or the prices that that um, that most of the properties are going for in that area for lease or for sale. Uh, so I can do, uh, you know, um, what's considered a, what's at a, um, a CMA where I can let you know pricing. And that's important yeah. because you don't want to overpay for a location. <laughs> if you know someone else next door is paying $15 a square foot a year, why are you going to pay 20 Right. You know, if most leases are not triple net leases where you're paying for common area maintenance, for taxes then why should you pay? For sure. And that's important because that, that all adds up. That's all costly. So if you can get a broker immediately to start searching, I think that's very important for you. Uh, if you find a space that you're interested in, I still say call a broker uh, instead of calling the sign that's up there. For sure, for because sure. Because I think it's important for you to have your own representative. And, and you know, on, on that note too, is it, you don't just help the small business owner. I mean, you're also helping kind of the biggest corporations, uh, you know, in, in, in the state of Illinois uh, as well, right? T take me through that, re those relationships that, um, you know, you have and that you're trying to create with these bigger organizations. Yeah, I have, um, I, I deal with a lot of engineering firms mm. uh, in, in the state of Illinois. 
Uh, so those relationships, I mean, what they need is obviously bigger properties, a lot more due diligence. Uh, those properties are obviously a lot more expensive. And you have to make sure that you, you know, your company's going to fit in there and it's going to be able to grow in there. Right. So understanding the company, I like to tour their existing location before I, I go out and start searching. I like to look at how they set up their properties, what it is they need besides just the office, uh, how much parking they need, uh, do they need any warehouse space with that. So it's important for me to go visit their and understand their business before I go and, and start searching. I also, you know, we'll look at options. You know, they might say they want to be in the West Loop. I said, well, you know, what about this area? Yeah, it's a little cheaper. It might be a little cheaper. It might be a little better for you. Or maybe sometimes a little more expensive, but you're getting a better property. Uh, maybe you have ceiling height that you need and you're, you can find it there where you can't find some of those in Chicago. So it's a lot Again, I do the same kind of due diligence, even whether it's a big company or a small company, but I know there's a lot more and a lot more vendors you need. I mean, some of those properties have six or eight HVAC units on the roof that you need to, you know, you need an inspector to look at each and yeah. every one of those because they're each and every one of those are going to be $20,000 if they're messed up, if wow. they're broken. Wow. So, but one of the important things to know also is um, you're an MBE, right? Business. So, yes. t tell me a little bit about that and why that's a benefit to organizations that are considering hiring a commercial uh, real estate broker. Well, I'm, I, I believe I'm one of the only MBE uh, Latino owned companies, commercial real estate companies in the state of Illinois. Wow. Uh, which, you know, right now, you know, it, it's, I'm proud that I am. It's sad that I am, to tell you the truth. I, I wish there were more. For sure. Uh, I do know a lot more Latino uh, commercial real estate brokers, and we kind of get together and talk and, and discuss and help each other whenever we have something to, to help each other with. Um, but it's, you know, that the MBE would he helps. Uh, what I can do with the MBE is uh, there's some state, county, uh, university uh, projects that are out there that need a uh, 20%, 15% requirement to have a minority business involved in, in, in the, um, whatever the program is, whatever mm -hmm. it is they wanna do. A recent one was a Northeastern University. They're looking for brokers to um, develop, um, develop a prop, well, they have a lot of land. They have land on Kimball, land by their university right now, and, and some properties that they wanna uh, just change a little bit mm. and they wanted ideas so i put together a, a group to bid on that and sent an rfp uh request for proposal so i we put in our proposal to uh, to try to get that deal it's you know having an mbe it doesn't give it to you they don't give it to you just because you have an mbe and you're the only latino mbe you need to again get their trust and get at least one done before you know, others start to to trust in your organization for sure uh, but I, I've you know I that's something that um, I wish I could grow a little bit more right on the especially on the state side uh, the state's always looking to lease properties for for the different departments and this uh, the city is also doing that and CTA and all those. So that part of the business, I like to grow a little bit more to see if there's more, uh, there, there are more opportunities out there. Again, in order for me to do that, I have to get my first one done so that then I, they can see that I can do that business. 
you know, I'm a newer business for the most part. I'm, you know, seven years in. This is, uh, this I start my eighth year in April. Congratulations, so, by the way. That's a pretty uh, big you. accomplishment. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm surprised. Not, not really surprised. It's been fun, to yeah. tell you the truth. I mean, after 28 years in corporate America, it, it's fun to, 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 start, to have started and, and have a business that's successful, and, and it's fun to do. Absolutely. So, but the, um, you know, the MBE part of it, Minority Business Enterprise, I'm a, a BEP, which is a business enterprise program, and a DBE, Disadvantaged um, business uh, enterprise. It's a lot of acronyms. So all those acronyms, <laughs> right? Uh, they haven't added to any any type of uh, additional income, but it's, but it's coming. It's yeah, but it'll it'll happen. You know, I know it'll happen. It's just uh, getting to the right people. Uh, again, corporations. You know, I can do stuff for corporations who need that in their uh, you know to have some kind of MBE portion, and. Um, you know, the corporations like Walgreens, let's say Walgreens is looking for space, right? I can help Walgreens look for space or sell some of their old space. Uh, Starbucks looking to grow space. All those, uh, they have their brokers who help them. It's just having them pivot a little bit sure. and just share the wealth with others. It's not even that. I mean, I think you offer a different perspective that if you are truly, you know, the only, let's say, Latino-owned uh, commercial brokers that... It's a huge market. So why yeah. wouldn't a corporation want that expertise, not from a real estate standpoint, but even from a cultural standpoint, that you bring something different to the table? And I think you're you know, doing a great job. And one of the things that we had talked about was your, the growth for the business, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of mentoring, I guess, a new generation yeah. of brokers. Tell me a little bit about the vision for the company uh, going forward. Yeah, the, well, I'd like to, what I'm doing now is adding brokers, right? And I, I, I do like to, to get some, some youth, some young brokers into the business, even some that are doing residential that want to now do more, start learning commercial. The commercial side, you know, I think what, what I need is, I'd like to teach what, I'm, what I know, right? My years of uh, being at a bank to to even my eight years now of doing commercial straight commercial real estate, I think there's a lot of knowledge that I like to to pass on to sure. to different you know to whoever's interested in 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 joining the team. Whoever's hungry, right? Whoever's hungry, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I see. You know, you got to be hungry as a you know in real estate. You know, it's a contractual job. It, it's not something. It, it's it's you eat what you kill. <laughs> what you hear, I'm sure you hear that a lot. Oh yeah, and you need to be hungry when you start off to get your name out there yep. and to, so for folks to trust you and, and you know, clients to, to see that you know what you're doing. It's not something you get your broker's license and all of a sudden business will come. It, it isn't like, uh, you know, that, that movie where they, you build it, they will come. It's not like that. It, right. it, it, in real estate, you got to be out there. Yep. You have to be, have your face. That's why this, this pandemic has been a little tougher on the business. Because I grew the business face-to-face, -face, being face-to-face -face at different events, networking events, uh, chamber of commerce events, uh, giving classes on lease reviews or leases and what to look for in leases. I was doing some pro bono stuff for some of the chambers of commerce. And to not be able to do that, I've had to pivot like everybody else. Yeah. How do I get my name out there? And, and it's changed the way I do it. I still want to be face to face with with uh, clients, 
Uh, luckily, my referrals, you know, the clients are happy with me that I've worked with, that they've referred business and they've referred their friends to me, which has helped grow the business. But I need definitely need brokers, young brokers who are interested in either changing from residential and learning the commercial side so that they can see the, the opportunities there, uh, especially on the leasing side. The leasing side, it, it can be... Um, it can be a good, you know, money uh, income producer Absolutely. for for, uh, <laughs> for brokers, and Absolutely. they just don't understand it. And that was the part I had to learn. You know, my my first year, first two years, how does this leasing thing work? You know, it's it's how do you get paid on the leasing? And that was the toughest part for me as a, as a broker to learn the leasing. I knew the brokerage side inside out. It's all almost the same as the residential, uh, except. They're, they're probably higher prices for the most part. But the leasing side was the important side. And I think if a broker can learn that, they can make it. Even a residential broker, if they can learn the leasing side, you know, there's just a lot more income you can make. That's amazing. And I know that's true. There's so much opportunity out there. The yeah. Times are changing. And, you know, if you're out there listening and, and you're hungry and you're looking for an opportunity, I would highly encourage you to reach out to Eddie But also, if you're in the commercial real estate space and looking for for space, uh, whether you're a small business or you know large enterprise, highly encourage you to reach out to Eddieberto. It's a wealth of knowledge, uh, just a great guy. But you can do so by clicking on the form below. He'll get that directly. And Eddieberto, I just want to thank you for coming in, sharing your story, sharing what you do, and yeah. being a part of this community. Well, thank you, thank you, Tony, and I appreciate uh, the time. I right? thank you for having me. <laughs>